My name's Lou Blazer. You're listening to Second Breaks. The show dedicated to exploring all the ways that the over 40 crowd, the midlifers, can thrive at work and life in this fast and ever-changing world of ours. This show is brought to you by Briefing Notes, a digital newsletter that delivers curated resources and information to help Gen Xers and late boomers work well and live well in our midlife. Head on over to thebriefingnotes.com to subscribe for free and get the next edition this Sunday. Hello, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Second Breaks. You know, this is the last episode of Season 6 where we have been talking about reimagining ourselves. And I can't have picked a better topic with which to cap this season than what we're going to be talking about today, changing our lifestyles through our diets. Seriously, I think this is one of the most universal changes there is out there. There is a very good chance that you've made this change or are contemplating on making this change. And I know that for midlifers, making a lifestyle slash diet change is common. Many midlifers decide to or need to make dietary adjustments to address the physiological changes that are happening to our bodies, as well as a way to mitigate or ward off health issues. The thing is, you and I both know that sticking to a new diet is hard. I have plenty of personal tales to tell of diets that I have tried and give it up on throughout my life. I'm embarrassed to say that sometimes I've given up before I even tried because I've decided that what I was about to give up was too much of a sacrifice or that I couldn't see how I could possibly make all the changes stick. But I have a theory that perhaps when the change in diet is driven by something else other than a desire to lose weight, which was often the case with me, there is a higher likelihood of it sticking. When the purpose behind our desire to change is truly important and meaningful to us, we have a greater chance of making the change. I think my guest today is a perfect example of this. Former teacher Shara Haberman began her diet and lifestyle change somewhat accidentally, Her plant-based health journey began after her husband, Tom, was diagnosed with diabetes and was prescribed meds. Shara, in her own words, was on a mission to help her husband fight diabetes with natural solutions. The more she researched, the more she realized how important it was for her to change her own diet in order to prevent potential health issues that may be ahead of her and to be an example for her husband. The positive benefits that Shara experienced from her plant-based health transformation fueled her to earn a degree in health psychology and become a certified health and wellness coach. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go back to where it all began with Shara watching Netflix. 
It's funny because I was researching ways to help my husband gain control of his diabetes, and I was on a mission to help him with his health and improve his health. And I watched this movie on Netflix called What the Health, and I had an aha moment <laughs> that I was probably heading down the same path where I might have health problems because I started to look at my diet and think about my diet as I was watching this movie. And I realized I really needed to change my diet. So wait, the, was the movie a fiction or was it like a documentary? Or? Oh, it's a, it's a documentary. It's a really great documentary. And they, um, it's, it's all about food and how it affects it, your health. What is it called again? It's called What the Health. And was it specifically about helping you with diabetes or helping? What was it about? No, it's just it would apply to anyone. And um, they just talk about um, food and the food system and nu nutrition. So I had been researching different ways to help him. And just really, I was at a point where I was searching for information. I didn't quite know how to help him, but it, I was on a mission to help him when I realized <laughs> I needed to help myself as well and that, that um, I needed to change my diet. And was he, I hope you're okay to discuss this, but was he diagnosed or you were just thinking he might be having diabetes or he was actually diagnosed already? He was diagnosed. Yes, it's okay to ask that. I did get his permission to share this and he's okay with it. <laughs> but he was diagnosed and um, I always believe in finding a natural solution if I can. Right. So I wasn't quite sure what to do. Um, he was on medication. I was just looking for other options. And this movie was just something that I stumbled upon in the process. And it really had an impact on me personally, and was really the spark that compelled me to, to do something about my own health. And then hopefully become an example <laughs> and help him as well. <laughs> so you saw this movie. Did you immediately decide that you and he would go immediately into a plant-based diet? Or was it like a gradual, let's slowly get there? Or was it like overnight, we're not going to eat meat anymore. It's all going to be plant-based. How did the transition happen? It clicked immediately for me. I watched that and I changed overnight. I just decided I'm going to eat a plant-based diet. That I just, at the end of the movie, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And I woke up the next day and I was determined to do it. And I had no idea how I was going to do it, but I just knew I was going to do it. So it was rough at the beginning, but that, that movie got me started on a path where I um, just started exploring all the resources I could find online. And I found that there's a whole world out there, <laughs> of, all based on plant-based diets. And there are all kinds of creators out there sharing information and experts sharing information. So it kind of got, that was just the beginning of me getting started with just learning everything that I could learn about it. You were able to convince yourself fairly easily. How was convincing your husband? Was that also as easy? Was he easily converted? No. <laughs> <laughs>
And I have never given up. I keep trying. Um, I was able to get him to try it for a couple mm-hmm. of weeks straight. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he'll mind me saying that he did notice a difference in his health. Mm-hmm. So we know it can make a difference. Um, but it is, he, he doesn't eat a fully plant based diet and I'm, I'm still working on bringing him over here. <laughs> <laughs> he eats more vegetables now, I imagine, than before. He does. And, and he does like a lot of the things that I make. If I make something for him, he'll eat it. Um, if you, if you try it, let's say you just wanted to try it for two weeks and you did it and you just ate, you ate plain, you ate vegetables, you didn't put salt or oil on them, your taste buds would change and then all of a sudden vegetables would taste better to you. But the hard part is if someone doesn't want to do that, they have to really want to do it themselves, first of all. Like I really wanted to change, first of all. You have to be ready for it. Um, if you're ready to change and you do that, you'll experience that and then you'll get over to the other side and your tastes have changed and now the things that I would be serving will taste a lot better to you because you're used to it. But if you're not used to it and you're you're not eating that way, then some of the plant-based meals might not taste as good. As with all kinds of change, it's how big the gap is between our starting point and where we want to land that makes the change daunting or not. How huge of a jump are we thinking of making? Maybe if you were already eating lots of veggies before, then maybe going all in on a plant-based diet wouldn't be so difficult. But if you're a carnivore like me, like Shara, it's a pretty huge leap that starts with something quite basic as, what the heck am I going to eat now? It was a big change for me and... It was difficult at first because I didn't know how to do it. My first week was miserable in that I didn't have a lot of variety of things to eat. I would make salads or just eat carrot sticks. And I remember eating a lot of peanut butter sandwiches just because I didn't know what to eat. And at the same time, I was furiously researching to learn more about it and finding other resources. And I was hungry all the time. Because I hadn't yet learned that it's okay to eat complex carbohydrates. It's okay to eat, dare I say it, potatoes. Because I know a lot of uh, where I was at that point was I was hearing all about paleo diet and how that's good for you. Um, Since then, I've done a lot of research and I've learned otherwise. Um, There was a a great book that changed everything for me called Proteinaholic by Mm -hmm. Dr. Garth Brooks. And he writes all about the evidence-based research that satisfied me on that. So um, it was hard for me to get past the the, um, bias I had towards some of the foods that now I know are actually really good for my health. Things like eating starches, which mm-hmm. I learned from um, Dr. John McDougall, who writes mm-hmm. a book called The Starch Solution. After reading that book, I realized I can eat starches. Not only can I eat starches, but they're good for me. And then when I finally embraced that and believed it and knew that that was the right way to go and that that was what was good for me, um, 
I was able to <laughs> make a lot more things that tasted good and I felt a lot better and had a lot more energy because I was really hungry the first week because I was afraid to eat carbohydrates at that point. And now that I've done it and I've been through it, it's really funny because there are so many things out there and I love what I eat so much more than I ever did. And there are all kinds of delic delicious recipes um, and so much variety. I remember at some point in my journey, I it hit me that I felt like I had been tricked or I felt like I, how did I miss out on this my whole life? There's, <laughs> there are so many great things to eat. I feel so great when I eat this way. I'm full of energy and I just felt a little jilted. Like, I wish I would have known about this sooner. <laughs> <laughs> There will always be challenges, no matter how determined we may be. I believe the best thing to do is to have a strategy for how we're going to meet those challenges, those temptations, those things that could derail us, so that we're not only relying on willpower. I find that the thing to do is to anticipate the situations that may be challenging and know ahead of time how we're going to want to behave in those situations. What might we say? What might we do so that we can keep our resolve? So when I first started this diet and I was on track, one of the challenges that I knew I was going to face was being in a social situation. And um, I decided to set some rules for myself about how I was going to handle that. And I decided that if I was in a social situation where Let's say we, we went over to someone's house for dinner and they made a beautiful meal to share with us. I was going to prioritize my social connection with the person and eat, eat meat or eat something that's off my diet and then just be back on my diet the next day. And I wasn't going to make myself feel guilty about it. So that's something that I just did on a regular basis. And um, sometimes if we were, we went out to a restaurant, usually there's always something I could find that would fit on my diet. But um, one of the things I discovered is that everything that you <laughs> eat at a restaurant is filled with oil. There's a lot more oil than I thought. Mm -hmm. And I remember at one point, my husband's doctor told him, not to eat at restaurants because there's a lot of oil in the food. And at the time that his doctor told him that we were eating at restaurants all the time, and this was before I changed my diet. And I remember thinking, what? Well, sometimes we get vegetables. Yeah, vegetable dishes, right? Yeah. And I remember thinking, well, that, I don't think there's oil in everything. And, uh, you know, I was just, I thought that was kind of funny, but after I went on my plant-based diet and after I stopped eating dairy products and I eliminated oil and salt, which happened over quite a period of time, then we would go to a restaurant and I would order something and I would order vegetables or something that in the past I would have thought was healthy. And I would realize, because I didn't eat that every day, it would really stand out to me that the, even though this has vegetables, like some, the, I'll order spinach on the side, it's dripping in oil and it has salt on it. <laughs> and I would notice right away. And the funny thing is when I first started the diet, I thought, oh, I'm going to allow myself to have a treat when we go out to eat. But 
the further I got into the diet, my, I realized that my taste buds changed and that I no longer had a taste for salt or oil and I didn't like it. So I didn't even enjoy it. I didn't even see that as a treat anymore. Right. So just in, for full disclosure, I am not in a, on a plant-based diet. I wish I am strong enough to be on a plant-based diet. <laughs> I've talked, I've told you that before. Yes. Um, but I was reading a, a, a magazine, an article in a magazine before, and it was talking about how um, there were so many spices out there that that will replace the things that my taste buds will be used to right now. So like when you said cutting salt, and I'm thinking, oh my God, so the, the, the food will be bland. But this article was actually talking about there's so many spices, natural spices that you can add that it won't be bland at all, that you won't actually miss the salt. It's so true. And I can relate to how you feel because... When I first started my diet, I would try some recipes that were plant-based and didn't have um, salt. Yeah. Or maybe even try things that didn't have a lot of spices in them. And I thought they were bland. Mm -hmm. But your, your taste buds change. And once you get used to it, they're not bland anymore. I can eat a plain potato and it tastes really good to me now. But mm -hmm. when I first started my diet... To me, I thought that would be the worst thing in the world. That's the last thing I wanted to eat. <laughs> so I think that's the most surprising thing. <laughs> when you say salt, is that a given that if you're on a plant-based diet that you also have cut down on salt? Or that's just you specifically? Well, that's a really good question. Um, because if you decide to go on a plant-based diet, there's... A lot of different ways you could do it. You could go plant-based and you could um, lean into it and you could try Meatless Mondays. You could take it step by step and mm -hmm. still eat certain things. The way I did it was I did it gradually as far as giving up dairy. I just started by giving up meat. I just said, I'm not going to eat any meat at first. And I would still eat dairy products. That helped me a lot because we did like to go out to, <laughs> that was when we went out to eat <laughs> in the world. Um, we like to go out to eat a lot and I could always find something vegetarian that still had dairy products on it. And for me, I then gave up dairy products and took it a step further. And I was still eating salt and I still used oil, I think. But once I learned that you really don't need oil to cook, there's it's easy to cook without oil. Um, I gave up oil. But ideally, as far as health goes, they call it a whole foods, plant-based, SOS-free, salt, oil, and sugar-free diet. So that would kind of be... Salt, oil, and sugar-free. Got, Got it. Yeah. Sometimes you'll see that if you research it on YouTube. Someone will say whole foods, plant-based, SOS-free Got it. Um, so ultimately, that's always my ultimate goal is to be at that point where I'm eliminating salt, oil, and sugar. I'm not overly strict about it, though. I still I try to have healthier things to sweeten my foods, like I use dates when I bake um, mm -hmm. or sometimes maple syrup. Mm -hmm. But Got it. So earlier in your journey, were you 
openly talking about it with people, like talking about the change in diet so that everybody around you understood kind of what you're doing and what you're not eating anymore. I I remember when I first started, I was planning out how I was going to do this and, and how I was going to handle social situations. And I decided not to say anything and not to make a big deal out of it. And I found that I really didn't need to because the further I went, I started to realize that there's always something available. Even, even when we go out to eat, if, if I can pick the place, I can pick mm-hmm. certain restaurants that I know will have, um, something vegan on the menu that I'll like. So I, I tried not to tell people about it unless it came up for some reason in the conversation, just because I didn't want to, I didn't want to make that my identity. <laughs> right. Right. How about now? Do you talk about it? Like, I know a lot of people like say, oh, you know, I am gluten-free. Yes, I'll talk about it. I'll just say, oh, I, I eat a plant-based diet. Okay. You know, gotcha. I'll just, I'll just say that my family knows and they're very supportive. So the last time I saw my family, we went to, they took me to a vegetarian restaurant and they picked a place that they knew I would really like. And this is something really important to consider. And I remember when I first started, I learned to look at menus ahead of time before we were going to go somewhere. That's a good idea. And if someone else picked the restaurant, I'd look at the menu and I'd already know what I was going to order and I'd plan it ahead. And that really helped me stay on track too when we were at restaurants. And then I got to know the restaurants and I got to know which restaurants had things that I liked, but would also have something for everyone. So if there was a chance for me to make the decision about the restaurant, then I might say, hey, how about these three places? Which one do you think or would you like to go here? And a lot of times people want to go there. So it sounded like you were able to stick with your decision if I could use the word fairly easily. So could you talk a little bit about what what sort of helped you stick with it? Because I know a lot of people, speaking for myself, we make certain like deals with ourselves and it's so hard to stick with it. I know because I try to stick with a keto-based diet and I give up, right? I give in. What helped you kind of stick to your new eating habits? Well, I had to come up with my own strategies to do it. And one of the things that I found is I would, um, and especially early on, I was watching a lot of YouTube videos on plant-based diet. And I was watching a lot of the um, doctors that talk about the research and learning all about it and learning from creators and people who share recipes. So I'd watch that at home. And then the next day I go to work and I'm around other people who don't know anything about this world. It's Mm -hmm. almost like a complete, was a completely new world for me. Right. And you tend to forget when you're in your daily life and you're immersed in all the habits. You have all the visual cues that you're used to every day, all of the rituals that you're used to going through. So I knew I needed to do something to help myself continue with the the mindset and the path that I was on in my daily life. 
So what I would do is listen to audiobooks in my car on the way to work and on the way home. And they were all about um, plant-based diets because that helped me maintain that connection. Mm. And then it would help me think about it during the day. So I feel like um, I built my own community of support just by watching videos on YouTube and listening to audiobooks and I would feel connected with the people that I listened to and kind of carry that with me during the day. I also gave my, I'm a really visual person, so I, I gave myself visual cues. So the first time I, the first Thanksgiving that I had plant-based, I adopted a turkey and they sent me a picture of Penelope, the turkey that I adopted. So I hang that up in my dining room and I try to have visuals like that. Like I have animals that I don't eat. So I have mm -hmm. some artwork of the animals around my house. So it reminds me. Oh my God. When you said Thanksgiving dinner, I, like, I could just imagine because Thanksgiving, it's all filled with <laughs> meat products and non-plant-based things. Were you Have you ever been in a situation where you were in a, gathering like that where there were things that you don't eat anymore that you felt very tempted to partake and that you were able to stop yourself from doing so? Uh, at first it was tempting but the further along I got I started to develop a taste for the plant-based foods that I was eating and at the point I'm at now I actually don't like it so I'm not tempted. So it doesn't, it doesn't tempt you anymore. One thing I did do is I would talk to myself and I tried to get in touch with the reasons behind why I'm doing what I'm doing and the reasons why it, I knew it was good for me and I knew it was the right thing to do. I don't identify myself as a vegan because I haven't been fully 100% dead. Okay, so this might be a good spot to define some words that I know I tend to use interchangeably. But from talking with Shara, I realized that they actually mean different things. According to the Vegetarian Society, a vegetarian is someone who does not eat meat, poultry, game, fish, and shellfish. Vegetarian diets contain lots of fruits, vegetables, grains, nuts, and seeds. Some vegetarians also exclude eggs, dairy, or other animal byproducts. According to the Vegan Society, being vegan is a way of life that attempts to exclude all forms of animal exploitation and cruelty as much as possible. This includes exploitation for food and any other purpose. So therefore, being vegan reaches beyond diet and also describes the lifestyle that someone chooses to lead on a daily basis. Now, being plant-based typically refers specifically to one's diet only. Many people use the term plant-based to indicate that they eat a diet that is either entirely or mostly comprised of plant foods. Some people may call themselves plant-based and still eat certain animal-derived products. Some people who are on whole foods plant-based diet, like Shara, will also avoid oils and processed greens. So here's the bottom line. 
a plant-based diet is a way of eating that focuses on vegetables and fruit, whole grains, legumes, nuts, and seeds, basically foods that come from plants. Vegetarians don't eat any meat, poultry, game, fish, and shellfish. Being vegan indicates that animals are excluded from their diet, products, and lifestyle decisions. Back to Shara. I don't identify myself as a vegan because I haven't been fully 100% dedicated to it, even though I really would like to for Mm -hmm. the sake of animals. I love animals. So um, I do try to think of the animals, and that helps me a lot if I connect with that purpose behind what I'm doing. Another thing I do is when I'm making my food, I will cultivate a joyful attitude about it because I will, I'll say things to myself like, this is really healthy. Mm. This is good for my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, My heart is going to be healthy as I age. Maybe I can avoid being on certain medications. Yes. This is good. No animals were harmed while I was making this meal. Sometimes I just say that to myself and it helps me be stay excited about what I'm doing and keeps me motivated. I asked Shara to complete a couple of sentences. This experience taught me that it's important to surround yourself with a community of support and online communities and listening to experts and influencers can be just as powerful as face-to-face connections. Oh, I can imagine, right? So especially when your willpower (laughs) is waning, that's probably what it helps the most. And I am... I am grateful for all the dedicated YouTube creators who gave me the information and support I needed to stay on track with my goals. Shara recently created the Diabetes Police to chronicle her and her husband's journey to fight diabetes with love and food every day. I'm going to put a link to her website and the Facebook page in the show notes Uh, wherein you can find all the links, the resources that we mentioned in this episode, as well as the highlights for this episode uh, over at secondbreaks.com forward slash podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate it if you'd share it with a friend or two. Maybe you know someone who might find this topic useful. Tell them about this episode or Shara's journey. They will thank you for it and I would be so grateful for your help in spreading the word about the show. Okay, a bit of producer news here. This is the end of season six, which, to be honest, is a little bit ahead of what I had planned um, back in January. But there is a good reason for this uh, ending of the season sooner than originally planned. The show will go on a brief hiatus as I develop season seven change is in the air my friend and indeed change is coming here on the podcast as we head towards a new direction which i'm going to tell you all about when i return on thursday april 29th you won't have to remember the day if you simply follow or subscribe to the podcast on whatever app or platform it is you like listening to podcasts and if you happen to be listening to this on the website 
pretty much the usual suspects. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those places you're going to find Second Breaks. So please follow and subscribe for free to get all future episodes, including my upcoming conversation with you around the future direction of the podcast. Okie dokie, I'll be back in a few weeks, April 29th to be exact. Until then, stay safe, stay sane, and keep on making your dent, my friend. Cool beans!